Hey guys. Hi. Uh, um, this is just a note uh, at the start of the show to say that, uh, yes, this is our Christmas episode. Merry ho, Christmas. Ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Uh, and so we, we probably, it's... We, yeah, we, it's not very Christmassy. <laughs> not particularly um, festive. That's okay. Um, <laughs> what I would like to say is that uh, there is a Christmas episode you can go back and listen to. Uh-huh. Season one, yep. episode nine. Yep. Um, the man in the bag. Uh, the, the man, man with, with the bag. With the, in the bag. That would yeah. be weird. <laughs> About Santa Claus. And it's great. Hooray. Um, so if you're stuck in that holiday traffic. Yeah. You you can go and listen, listen to that one. But uh, also we will be taking a break over the Christmas New yes. Year period and then uh, we'll be back with a vengeance because Siobhan's coming back to work. Hooray! Um, I am genuinely excited about that. Yeah. That might so have sounded sarcastic. I think, yeah, this year this has been quite interrupted <laughs> yeah. by um, lots of things, yeah. COVID, pregnancies, yeah. children. Babies. Um, yeah. Who would have thought children would get in the way of things? I don't know. <laughs> I did not plan for this. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, next year should be yeah, back uh, to- far more regular mm-hmm. uh, and that'll be great. Uh, but... Uh, also, just quickly, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening this year. Thanks, guys. Uh, and thank you to uh, our our wives and husbands. Um, <laughs> wife and husband. Yes. We're not plural. <laughs> we're, not, we're not into we're not this. polyamorous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that went to a weird place. Uh, thank you to Dee. Thank you to Steve. Yes, for um, putting up with us. And all our, f- you know, uh, thanks to James uh, and yep. to Nat, his, his partner. Yes. Uh, putting and up with him. Putting up with him. I don't yes. know how she does it. No, uh, me but, A mystery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on to the show. Bye. Welcome to How Did It Come To This, where our news is history. Uh, sitting in front of me is a woman who puts the solid in solidarity, is Siobhan Doherty. Hi. <laughs> and uh, not with us today is a man who scabs on a regular basis, is James Tuckwell. <laughs> totally. But <laughs> special producer. with us, special producer, is a woman who would stick by me thick or thin. Aww. It's my wife, Dee Matters. Hi, Hi Dee. Dee. Hi. <laughs> She's also on dog patrol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Making sure, Rosie Making sure doesn't come in. <laughs> my dog doesn't uh, interrupt. Yes. 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 <laughs> and who are you? I'm. Oh, I'm Daniel Matters. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Daniel. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> this week on how did it come to this? Working conditions, bad bosses, freedom to assemble. The history of unionizing is a story of what happens when greed rules, when people stand together, and the idea that people cannot be quantified by their job. From the slums of the Industrial Revolution to the Great Resignation post-COVID, how do we see the union movement? Is is it okay for a boss to negotiate with his worker? What happens when the relationship goes sour? Are unions just a bunch of bullies? Are they communists? Do we really want to end up without unions? Have you joined your union yet? What do we want? More how did it come to this? When do we want it? Now! now. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you. Well done. <laughs> um... Yes, so, so unions today. Yeah, why are um, we talking about this? Well, uh, we're both teachers. In fact, my wife is also, so there's three yeah, teachers in the room. Yeah. Uh, and so recently, um, and in fact, today I found out, um, Dee told me that uh, we didn't get paid for oh. the day that we went on strike, which 
Well, I mean, I mean that makes sense. That's what you do. That is that's what you do. The, that's that's the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, teachers in New South Wales, we went on strike, um, and uh, we're we're doing it for lots of reasons. Yep. Um, not just pay, yep. um, but uh, there was a there was an article that I've got here. Uh, from our our amazing education minister, Sarah Mitchell, in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the article from the ABC. She says, teachers' union caused more disruption to New South Wales schools than COVID-19. This is by Phoebe Bowden and Kevin Newen uh, from the 7th of December uh, on the ABC website. And it says, the teachers' union has caused more disruption to schools in one day than COVID-19. This term, New South Wales Education Minister Sarah Mitchell claims, public transport workers and teachers separately organised mass walk-offs from their jobs on Tuesday, triggering lengthy delays for commuters and school closures. Miss Mitchell escalated the bitter dispute between the state government and the New South Wales Teachers' Federation Council, accusing the union of peddling misinformation about worker conditions for political purposes. The mass strike of teachers, the first in a decade in New South Wales, has seen classes cancelled across 350 schools and was the result of an impasse triggered by 18 months of failed negotiations. It's just really nice to know that the education minister has our back. Yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. I was on, I was really disappointed. I was on maternity leave. So I'm like, well, I'm not working today, but I wasn't working anyway. anyway. So <laughs> I was like really disappointed. Oh, look, you'll be back soon enough. And I'm yes. sure there's probably going to be well, more action. Well, it sounds like it. Yeah. If yeah. Uh, things don't budge. Mm. Um, but um, this got me thinking about strikes, which is why I That's proposed... It. We're not here today to whinge about our conditions. And no, like no, we're, we're not. We want to talk um, about. We'll fight that fight trade, yes, for ourselves later. Uh, not on the airwaves, <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, uh, I, I thought, isn't it interesting? Uh, the like the attacks on unions that I've mm, seen lately, mm. um, and I thought, you know what? No. As a history teacher, yeah, unions unions like got us where we are today exactly. in a lot of in a lot of ways. So exactly. I thought, why Let's don't we go back and go back and visit some unions, yeah, uh, and and figure out how to how it came to this? I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we going back to? Well, do we have a specific date? I don't have a, a specific specific mm. date. Uh, actually, did you go earlier than me? I may have. I I see the reference to serfdom there, but I feel like it might be around the same time. So let's right. just say the Middle Ages. The Middle Ages, yeah. thereabouts. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go back. We've got a special way to go back today. Oh, yes. I'm here for it. All right. Okay. Um. I, I, well, actually, I don't know whether you're going to get it. <laughs> probably, is it a Simpsons reference? It's a Simpsons yeah, reference. Then I probably won't. <laughs> go. All right, here we go. So we'll march day and night by the big cooling tower. They have plant but we have the power now do classical gas <laughs> thanks lisa simpson yeah like i know that's lisa and i know that she would be a trade unionist if she was well <laughs> yeah so that, that's from an episode where homer actually it's from a, like a really famous episode you do you know the dental plan episode no. No, so no. They're, they're standing in line and they're talking about conditions and one of them is like, give up your medical, give up your dental plan mm. um, and we'll give you, I think it's free beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. A, like a yeah. keg of beer or something. Yeah. And, yeah. and Homer's like standing there and he's like thinking through like <laughs> dental <laughs> plan, Lisa needs braces. <laughs> um, it's quite a, yeah. It's such a thing in America though, isn't it? That your, your healthcare plan that you get with your work. With your work. That we, it's interesting, we don't isn't it? really, yeah. We don't, yeah. don't have to worry to about that. Medicare, which is thanks to Our favourite. Thanks, Goff. 
We have so much to thank you for. We do. We digress. It's true. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, how, how far back are you going? What, what's well, so like the question that I asked, we were, like trade unions, you immediately think of the industrial revolution in mm. Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my question was, but you know, was there anything before that? Yeah. And we were sort of thinking about it. And then it came to me, workers' guilds, mm. um, which I know we I sort of teach uh, whenever I do the Renaissance um, in year eight. Yes. Um, I've taught that before. And, yeah, you talk about workers' guilds. But it's different because, um, yeah, workers' guilds in, uh, like, you know, Renaissance Italy and whatnot, they're skilled craftspeople yeah, yeah. Who, can't, who are probably quite wealthy. Already, um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they come together and, and their main aim is to protect the quality of their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure that nobody works for less so that they're all getting paid the same, the same. whenever they do a job. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But, like, it's one example of workers uniting it's, it's idea to that, have power. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and the idea that, you know, yeah, what is what is my labour worth? Yeah, exactly. Because um, um, I think that's that's part of, like, if, if we... When we're talking about trade unionism, we're talking about the idea of what is... What, what value do we place on things? Mm. Um, and how can we... Um, how can we define what a human's labor is worth? I guess mm. um, because by the time we get to the industrial revolution, things get dicey. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, um, but like there were, I mean, there were trade guilds going all the way back to like Assyria. Yeah, well, which that's I found what I thought. I'm like, if I if I if I can think of it off the top of my head for the Renaissance, then I'm sure if we go back to like ancient times, yeah, there so are there's similar like there was there was artisan guilds in ancient Sumer. I found mm-hmm. cool. um, that um, that did um, they really invented everything? Well, didn't they, they did a lot of stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, but they did like standardized weights and measures. Yep. So you could trade classic, which Sumerians. is like I'm mean, like there you go. Yeah. That's, I mean that's yeah. Yep. That's fairly. <laughs> That's pretty um, cool. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if we're talking, so I mean, the main thrust of what we're going to look at today, I guess, is modern yes. trade unionism. Yes. Um, which is a, a I guess, a um, a byproduct of, um, mostly the industrial revolution. Yeah. Which yeah. should we do a brief rundown of the industrial revolution? All right. <laughs> All right. So when I when I teach this to year nine, I do my brief rundown. Yep. Right. So this is my brief rundown of the go. industrial revolution. Okay. Go. So, um, in England, um, the the idea of serfdom ends. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea that you were attached to a piece of land yep. that was owned by some sort of royal, the lord, right, yes. the lord of the land, mm-hmm. and that you would work that land for the lord or whatever. That mm-hmm. that kind of ends. Yeah. And in um, return, you got the Lord's protection. Yes. So right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of like a reciprocal it was a, yeah, relationship. That's right. Yeah. 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 That, that ends uh, in the like 1500s. Was yeah. Think, like around then. Uh, I know the black death has something to do with that. Like, um, cause that's sort of like the breakdown of society and skilled workers started to get paid more and therefore had more independence and like just, traditional relationships yeah, kind I of think broke down. If I'm, I'm trying to remember, so that they have the Peasants' result, Revolt in like the 1300s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Maybe we can fact check that. Um, peasants' Revolt? Um, and then I think they... Yeah, by like... I think it's Elizabeth. I think Elizabeth is the one that... Lizzie. Yeah. yeah. That not gets the rid of it. one. No, no. Elizabeth <laughs> she, the first. She old, but not that old. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you, you could then leave that land and like you could own property and, mm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 1381. 1381 for well the business world. There you go. Thank you. Good job. Um, and yeah, so then, so then, so that ends meaning you can own land, you can run businesses, you can do mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which thrives 
under Elizabeth through to yeah, like well, you know, seventeen hundreds. Yeah, which is yeah. when we get more advances in technology, which leads to the agrarian revolution yes. for those playing along at home, which is a farming revolution where yeah. they, they recognize different ways that you can farm, Yep, which leads to lessening the labor yep. on the farms. Yes. So people are out of a job. Now. People are out of, so whatever, when, when that kind of thing happens, when there's technological advance mm-hmm. and then there's people who uh, lose their jobs because of that technological advance, mm-hmm. they tend to move from that place to try and find a job. Yep. And where were there more jobs? Well, there were more jobs in the centres centers yeah. of towns and things, which yeah. were, there weren't so, really cities necessarily no, yet. London, I guess, would have been yeah. close to city size, I guess. kind of like the beginning of urbanisation. Yeah, a so a lot of people move there because yeah. there are more kind of jobs there. And yeah. this is when we start to get factories. Yes. Because uh, of a couple of things, more technological advance. So yep. the Industrial Revolution is built on the back of technological advances in things like steam engines. The steam engine, yep. So the steam engine uh, revolutionises the way that you can create things. So it used to be that you would build stuff in craft industries. Yeah. You so, know, everyone would sit in a farmhouse, you'd build stuff together, mm, like make mm. things up, like Manchester and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so like what I always find interesting is, you know, with the the – when you think steam engine, mm-hmm. you think transport and factories. You think trains, yeah. yeah. Um, but the first use for the steam engine was actually for mining to get coal to feed the steam, steam engine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So originally, like, you're just picking up coal off the ground, but then obviously, you know, sort that, that gets depleted and you have to go further and further down. But as you dig further and further down, the water becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. But then the steam engine was invented to pump the, the water, water out. out of the mine so you mm-hmm. could go deeper and deeper and deeper to get more coal. Yep. So now, and, and that was specific. This is why the Industrial Revolution started in the UK because they had that technology. The, yep. And they and, had the coal. And then they had the coal. <laughs> so now they've got the coal, which feeds like the other steam engines in the factories. Yep. And, and it just Yeah, so the steam engine there. powers a bunch of things in factories that yep. make like... um textiles and, and yeah. that kind of stuff really yeah. easy to do. Yes. Um, but what you need is people to work in the factory to yeah, keep yeah. To maintain the machines to yeah. like take all the stuff and move it elsewhere and whatever. Yes. So that's, that's like, that's my brief. Yeah. Industrial revolution. I think that's pretty spot on. So it's kind of, you, you've got the agricultural revolution, then you've got the steam engine and then you've got um, textiles start to take off. It starts, you know, it, it's no longer one person making one piece of fabric over however many hours. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, everything. So the price of things drop. Yes. Because it's no longer so expensive to make um, and everything starts to become more affordable. It all sounds really great, but socially. Well, what it leads it to, I mean, it, it's great in the sense that what it leads to is uh, a couple of things. Uh, I talk about this a lot with with my year nine students as well, mm. which is that um, population explodes. Yes, because you've got a couple of things going on. Number one, people can keep themselves warm in the winter. Yep, and so you're not dying from yes. the cold. Um, you also have, um, well, separately to the industrial revolution, you have modern medicine beginning as well. Yep. So yep. people aren't dying from preventable diseases as much. Yes, um, you're also having um, people having the same amount of children. Yep. But the children aren't dying as much either. Yes, yep, yep. So, and then you've got agricultural advances like the four, um, what's it called? The, food the is rotation, getting, so, yeah, the crop rotation, rotation, crop rotation, which so is the part of the agrarian more, revolution. So food yeah, is more, food's as, more accessible, available. Yeah. cheaper. Yeah, you see fewer famines. and Less like malnutrition, that, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So yeah. people are just living. Yeah. <laughs> How nice for Which them. is <laughs> like, I mean, so that's good. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, the, the, the downshot of that is yeah. that, you know, London becomes a slum, slum. Yeah. Um, because you've got so many people living there. Mm. Um, 
on top of each other. Still terrible hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like you you transfer from diseases from like malnutrition to diseases born from like rats and, and, you know, poor hygiene. And poo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you know, your living conditions aren't great. No. Uh, and then you, you go from your overcrowded home yeah. into an overcrowded hot factory mm. where you are doing long, long hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you get sort of um, like the spread of wealth as well. So like the rich become richer and the poor become poorer and then you get exploitation of workers. Yeah. So so this is where you get the idea of yeah the bad boss from, I guess, mm. isn't it? Like this, yeah. is, this is the like so the – the people who are becoming extremely wealthy are the business owners yeah. during this time. Because yes. not only is Britain now producing more stuff for Britain, mm. they're producing more stuff for the empire. Yes. So the, oh, their market the is empire. their market is huge. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's part of like when again year nine. This is what I know we it's do all it. year we nine. All year yeah, nine. It's great. So like the spread of empire, and then so um, places like Australia become uh, not only markets for British manufactured goods, but also we are the source of the raw materials that get sent back to Britain to be manufactured into, like wool was made, was yeah. a, a, an important Australian Flax one. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. And, and so these factories are just terrible places oh. to work because yeah. the, the bosses, are they want profits. Yep. Um. And they'll they'll get them at any cost because yeah. at the at this point in time the law in England does not favour the worker. No, no. So yeah, I do have a fun fact before Ooh. we get too much into industrialization. Uh, let, let me see if I remember which button fun oh, facts oh, is. Dear. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. With Siobhan. Hey, so have you heard of the term Luddite before? I have heard the term. Yeah, have you ever been called a Luddite? I don't believe so. I don't think so. You embrace technology pretty quickly. <laughs> but so the Luddites comes from um, a violent sort of protest that happened in 1811 and 1812. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are when... Um, they were agricultural workers striking and protesting against the use of this new technology, uh, like the seed drill or something, for example. Right. Um, so, yeah, the word Luddite these days is used to refer to anyone who is slow to embrace technology. You're right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, I do have uh, something, yep, window of protests. And then it introduced uh, the Combination Acts of 1824 and 1825, um, where trade unions could no longer be ignored as a political force after the sort of Luddite rebellion. Yeah, right. Okay. But it's a very negative thing to be called a Luddite. Sure. Um, But, yeah, there was just like it was agricultural people trying to protect their work. Yeah. Is that the – so Dee's just Googled Luddites for us. Yeah. That's like propaganda used, I think. It looks like a – okay – yeah, it's a cartoon of a of mm. a person who is a luddite. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's supposed to be quite disparaging and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is today. It's you know, it's you you avoid technology and you hate like yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate but you progress under- and advance. So like, I always thought like you know, in my when I was taught like luddites, oh bad. But then you read about it and you're like, oh no, they were just sort of disenfranchised workers who just wanted to <laughs> protect what they had. What they and had. they had yeah, yeah. They, they had nothing else other than their jobs. They had no other skills. Like yeah. and so they revolted and yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um actually I was thinking 
um, you know, the classic, the classic tale actually. And, and, you know, this is technically our Christmas episode. Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Everyone. Oh, um, <laughs> the, the classic, the classic um, tale I thought of industrial revolution wise that deals with a really bad boss. Oh yeah. Is a Christmas, a Christmas carol. Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. By Dickens. There you go. Um, because, you know, Scrooge, mm-hmm. and I, you know, wants his workers to work on Christmas day mm-hmm. and like, you know, he's pinching every penny and like, I mean, yeah. it, I, I, it's, it's, it's a caricature of a British yes. boss, Yes, but I don't think it's unfounded. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> there, weren't, there weren't many good ones. Um, yeah, I do. I did find an example of a good one. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. we've got Robert Owen. Have you heard of Robert him Robert Owen? No, I haven't. Yeah, so he was Welsh. Mm-hmm. Um, he owned the new Lanark Mills um, in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he kind of is credited with establishing the first creche. Um, so he wow. had, yeah, so he had um, places where his female workers could bring their children to be looked after while they worked. Mm-hmm. Um, he subscribed to utopian socialism. Oh, okay, yes. He was very big on the importance of early education. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he sort of is also credited with that link between um, socialism and unionism. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started the Grand National Consolidated Trade Unions in 1834. Um, so this is from, um, Encyclopedia Britannica, Owen's doctrines to be accepted as an expression of workers' aspirations. Uh, when he returned, oh, he started, um, he sounds a bit like culty almost. He mm-hmm. sort of built little utopian societies. Right, right. Uh, yeah. One was called New Harmony. So when he returned to England from New Harmony, he found himself regarded as their leader. So he's considered one of the earliest like leaders of, uh, trade unionism. Okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I didn't run into him. No, so I just I just knew about him. I think again I taught that to year nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I love that someone in the early eighteen hundreds is seeing the importance of early education. That's crazy. Isn't yeah, that, that's really good. That blow your mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So because of course, well, okay. So the reason why it does blow our mind is because yes. we know that yeah. child labor was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. So you know, children who were extremely young, you know, um. You often read sources where kids are like six, seven, eight mm. when they start working, mm. which they loved their tiny little hands and tiny little well, bodies that could fit. They into could fit little, into the machines, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and down mine shafts. Yeah, so the, you know oh, the good thing about the tiny hands awful. is you can fit in the machine and fix it. Yeah, the bad thing about tiny hands is you can fit in the machine, fix it, and then the machine turns on again. Um, lots and lots and lots of children during this time would lose limbs. Yeah. Um, get scalped. Like yeah, scalped. Yes. get caught in. Oh, it yep. just makes your stomach turn. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you think of little kids going down into those scary mines. Yeah. Because, yeah, they could crawl into little spaces and they were used to push the carts up and back. Mm. And, oh, mm-hmm. just, just awful. Yeah. So, uh, and you didn't have to pay him much. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, uh, and you could force them to work inordinate amount of hours as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like parents needed their kids. They needed to the money. Yeah, yeah. They needed the money. Cause yeah. you know, you're living in a, in a slum. Yeah. Um, you need every, mm. every penny you can get. Yeah. So kids would, yeah. Well, like school wasn't really a thing. School was not a thing so, really. Like, no. I mean, there were, if you're wealthy, you could, yeah, you could go to school. Yep, but um, that. but other than that, mm. uh, not at all. Um, yeah. So I ran into John Doherty. Hey, um, who <laughs> was an Irish trade unit, uh-huh. unionist uh, and he was a, a cotton spinner um, when he was 10. 
Mm. Um, and he was working, um, you know, as in, in the cotton industry, uh, he moves to, to Manchester, mm-hmm. um, to keep going. Uh, and he gets involved in, um, with the factory workers who are, you know, angry and they're, they're trying to get higher wages and better conditions for themselves. Um, and so in 1818, he's the leading figure in the spinners strike. Hey, um, and he was sent to prison for two years for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather than, uh, you know, taking a lesson from his jail time, mm. <laughs> like they the, wanted him to, on the straight and narrow. Uh, yeah. he, he actually decided that, no, um, we need to do more than that. Um, <laughs> I didn't go far enough. <laughs> and, uh, he, after he, he gets out, he's elected the leader of the Manchester Spinners Union, mm-hmm. um, leads a, a six month strike. Wow, six months. Yeah, wow. um, for reduction against the reduction in wages that have been coming. Yeah. Um, the starvation forced them back to work. Yeah. Though. Um, yeah. And, well, that was the thing, you know. But he was knew. determined. He was like, he was really determined. Um, and um, essentially, um, after doing a couple of other things, um, he finally is involved in the creation of the National Association for the Protection of Labor. Mm. Um, which was intended to provide a general union of workers for everyone. Right. Um, but that kind of collapses as well, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but he, he spent his entire life basically working to to better yeah. the conditions in, in yeah. factories in Manchester, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. It's like a couple of examples. Oh, I feel like we've got a fact check. Well, he actually worked with Robert Owen. Well, there, he were- <laughs> I there didn't see that. So yeah. if, you didn't, if you didn't hear that, um, yeah, he worked with Robert Owen. So yeah. we, our two people we well, researched. I guess the, so people who had these very progressive ideas would have been few and far between, I think. So they probably mm. did find each other yep. and, and work together. Yep. Um, there you go. Um, that's a that's a great fun fact. Yeah, they worked <laughs> together. Yep. There you are. Hey. And they published a book. They published a book. Um, I think they're separate books, but at the same time. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, so Doherty was sent to prison, but one of the um, penalties for stuff like this as well was, of course, transportation (laughs) to Australia. Yeah. So I had um, some information about the Toll Puddle Martyrs. Oh, yes. Have you heard of them? I have heard of them. Yeah. So they um, they all went on strike for – I think they were agricultural workers as well. Yeah. They they just sort of – they didn't – they, they got together, had a meeting, uh, and then I think they got them on conspiracy or something like that. Like okay. It sounded like really trumped up charges. Yep. They were sentenced to, I think, six years transportation. Yeah. Um, so they were sent out here. I think there were six of them. So hey, I've got the Toll Puddle Martyrs website. Uh, as the sun rose on the 24th of February, 1834, Dorset farm labourer George Loveless set off to work saying goodbye to his wife, Betsy, and their three children. They were not to meet alone again for three years. For as he left his cottage in the rural village of Toll Puddle, the 37-year-old was served with a warrant for his arrest. So there were five, uh, Loveless and five of others. Um, and yeah, they were got they sort of got them because it was in the broader context of the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. And so Britain was really scared of what happened in France, right? Yep. And so as soon as there was like a whiff of anything revolutionary, they crushed it because um, they're like, we can't allow that to happen here. So yep. it's like they just seem to be victims of that. 
Um, so they were sent to Australia, but they, they managed after there was uh, a lot of support for them, um, their sentence was repealed after three years. And so they all they all came back to England. Um, so I don't think there are any um, ancestors of the Toll Puddle Martyrs here in Australia. Yeah, right. They, they all went back all again. went back. But yeah, just interesting like stories about um, sort of how these union movements like started before and then were crushed and but like from little things big things grow <laughs> thanks paul <laughs> kelly <laughs> um so uh i thought maybe so one of the things that uh we were talking about before we started the podcast was that uh, a lot of the stuff you search for when you're looking at trade unions <laughs> was that um a lot of stuff is like American America, trade, American America. trade unions. Um, so I thought be very specific. I thought I would just quickly run. So in 1835, uh, there was the first general strike in America, happened mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, Philly, um, and it was essentially um, a, yeah a bunch of a uh, bunch of workers who uh, again were uh, you know looking at really harsh conditions in a lot of the, the factories that were going on in the textile industry in mm. Philadelphia. Uh, and so uh, there was a lot of sort of upheaval a lot of the time uh, before this strike actually happened. You know, a lot of the workers kind of acts of, you know, violence and, and other things that um, that they would, <laughs> they would do. But um, mm. this first kind of general strike, there, were, there was a lot of, um, a lot of children working uh, at the factory, uh, and so uh, the the strike was uh, basically to try and get um, better hours, yep, better pay, yep, less children, yep, all good things, <laughs> all good things. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, and they were they were talking about things like um, you know ten hour workdays um mm-hmm. because they were working sort of bet- anywhere between 12 and 16 hours Ugh, a day yeah. um you know they they said that um they you know we we, sh- we should have the right to to work less than 10 please um <laughs> we have electricity to blame a lot with this as well because as soon as electricity was invented they're like hey we can keep we lights can keep on lights we can have on. the 24 hours keeping going yeah. we're just keeping yeah. going uh and so you know they wanted a wage increase to 12 and a half cents a day <laughs> greedy uh, wasn't it um oh dear yeah it, 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 so um that that all happened in philadelphia they did get they got what they wanted hey so their, their first general general strike worked results they got a result Excellent. um which was good mm. um all right so maybe maybe if we jump why don't we jump to australia let's do it then um so there's there was a lot of things going on in australia yeah. Um, union wise yep. and like you said Transportation, convicts. Well, yes. We, um, <laughs> a lot of rabble browsers down here. Really? Really is. <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of the a lot of the convicts, um, you know, even if they weren't sent here because they were unions, unionists, mm. um, they they were sent here for silly reasons, most of them. Well, yeah, most um, of them de- committed crimes out of desperation. Um, and Mostly related to probably because of the conditions they were living in. Correct. Um, and so, you know, they got out here um, and, you know, I mean, technically they're in jail and they're working for their rations. Mm. Um, but the, there was, uh, there's evidence of strikes, you know, as early as the late 1700s yeah. amongst the convicts yep. um, saying, please, can we have our weekly rations? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, I'm hoping that they would 
distribute their rations. That mm. would be that would be nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, but of course, then there is like some of the the big things that happen. Um, there, there's the Rum Rebellion, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got the Australian Council of Trade Unions website up and mm-hmm. I think maybe like the quote of the uh, episode could be harsh conditions create rebels. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Treat your workers badly. They're probably going to turn on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a bunch of rebellion. There's, um, there's the, um, the Vinegar Hill rebels, mm-hmm. um, which was an Irish uprising against yep. the British. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, they, um, they were like, we're being treated really badly. And, mm. and everyone was like, yeah, it's cause you're Irish. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they, they, uh, at, it's at, uh, Rouse Hill, which is yep. in the West of Sydney. Oh no, North of Sydney. Sorry. Um, North. Yeah, yeah. And, um, they, they rename it Vinegar Hill. Yep. And, uh, and then they, they start a rebellion against the, uh, the British army there. Um, <laughs> crushed though yeah they get crushed <laughs> uh and then there's just a bunch of like there's a bunch of different things that go on like there's um uh coopers go on strike mm-hmm. um fact check me there First what's a cooper I- can i is yeah a cooper i can't remember i don't want to be wrong the first time a, a picket line was used, though. Yeah, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. Um, Go Coopers. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. What is a Cooper? <laughs> She's Sorry, looking. Uh, you know, the um, typographers, mm-hmm. uh, bakers, shoemakers, carpenters, whalers. Yeah. Um, protesting low wages, poor conditions. Uh, and withdrawing their labor. There's a theme there. <laughs> there is. There is a theme. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got it. Okay. What, what is, is it? it? Um, a person trained to trained to make wooden casks. Barrels, I was going to say bags, barrels, buckets, tubs, troughs. Yeah, I was going to say. So they they make like the because um, when you talk about Cooper's pale ale. In the barrel. In the barrel. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that comes up in that episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they go to the barrel museum. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sorry. <laughs> Weird little aside there. That's good. Yep. Um, but I think like the main one that we, like, well, the main one that I thought of was happened in the gold rush. Yes. Um, so, you know, the, the gold rush in Australia happens mid 1800s, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, the gold fields sort of in the Western New South Wales, South of, sorry, North of Victoria. Yeah. Uh, and Ballarat, right? Yeah. Ballarat. Yeah. Yep. So there's, um, essentially what would happen on a gold field is that you would buy a claim. Yeah. A license. Uh, a license to yep. mine on a certain piece of land yep. that you get. Um, and you know. That people are very protective of their claims because yes. you know if you find gold in that claim that it's yours. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 all um, uh, it's based on greed, I guess. Really, yeah, it's but, quite competitive. Uh, it's, yeah. It is competitive. <laughs> yes. Lots of people living in poor conditions because yeah. they're setting up makeshift camps to yeah. to mine these gold fields. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people came to Australia for that. Um, explicit purpose to find gold. So they sold everything they had, yeah. if they had anything, to, yeah. like, come here so they had nothing. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they, they – yeah, so a lot of people coming in the gold rush um, and, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the gold fields were not a great place to live. Mm. Um, and what made it worse was the government. <laughs> 
Don't tell me they were corrupt, Daniel. Oh, uh, look, colonial governments, <laughs> they're so good. Yeah. Um, no, so um, Australia at the time made up of colonial governments that kind of kind of ruled independently of themselves. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, they could make, because they were so far away. Yes. They could make decisions. Yeah, it's like, I'll write um, to England to get permission in, in and six, six months. months. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, they had, they, they had governors and they, you know, they made decisions mm. based on what they believed. Yeah. Like, on English law and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Lots of tit for tat, back scratching, sort of just helping. Yeah. So it helps. So, it also, yeah. yeah, it helps make, make corruption a, a a big thing. Yes. Um, and so uh, a lot of the, the diggers, as they called themselves, on the minefields uh, were not given the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, there was a, a police raid um, on the miners um, to ensure that or enforce their, their mining rights to mm. be there because uh, they believed that a lot of people were just showing up and mining wherever. Yeah, yeah. Which um, they which probably were, po- but, but it was hard to get a licence and expensive. Yeah, yeah so to buy yeah. a licence from the Victorian government, you know, yeah. it would have been hard to do. All the good places probably would have been Gone. given out yeah. already. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, you know, people just come and to try and find anything anywhere. Yeah. Um, but then uh, because of these police raids, 500 miners gather together mm. and swear an oath to stand together in opposition mm-hmm. and they build a stockade, mm-hmm. which they name the Eureka Eureka Stockade. Yep. Um, and uh, this is one of those things, a matter of perspective. Is it a rebellion or <sighs> is it a revolution? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing of what were their intentions, I believe. Yes. You know what were they? What were they trying to do? Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know what they? I think what they really wanted was the right to mine. Yeah. <laughs> where they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But it had a, a massive impact on the development of democracy in Australia. Uh, um, yes. They wanted a say in government so that they could uh, reform laws that directly impacted them. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know. <laughs> That's not Sounds a bad fair. thing. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a yeah. fair thing. Yeah. Um, it's funny how, like, when we look at this trade union, sort of the development of it, it's um, quite intrinsically linked with, um, you know, democratic reforms, political reforms, things like that. Yeah, that's, Suff- yes. The suffrage movement as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, so well, I forget, what happens at the end of the Eureka Stockade? Do they? Uh, so we've got. Um, I think yeah. they. So they, like, I, the, I know that the, the military crushed them. They, yeah, I was going to yeah. say the military come <laughs> in. Is, yeah, I can't remember if they like do they kill. Yeah, but it's quite the, a few it's of them. The democratic but reform in the colony of Victoria yeah. um, changes they the mining license and the right to own land. Yeah, they changed a lot of stuff yeah. in terms of, of land, land rights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think like, and here's the kicker: um, it wasn't just like indigenous people or like Asians that they were killing. At the Eureka Stockade, it was yeah. white people. Ah, oh, so people listened. A yeah, more, I think they? I think it kind of made a bit more of oh, yeah, yeah, sad but true. Yeah. Um. Yes. So, um, what I don't like about the Eureka Stockade is the co-opting of the Eureka the flag. flag. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, it frustrates me every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it is used uh, in sort of reference and sim- symbolic of like legitimate trade union stuff today. Yes. Yeah, but also definitely used by a bunch of rednecks too. Yep. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but after, so after the Eureka Stockade comes a real concerted effort by some groups in Australia to get 
the eight-hour workday. Yeah. How revolutionary. I, and, <laughs> and when I think about, like, yeah, I just I want to work eight hours, eight hours work, mm. eight hours rest, mm. eight hours leisure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes sense. It does that make makes sense. sense. Yeah. But like, you know. Um, well, I mean, it's the foundation of our modern life today, so. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so um, th- there was um, a strike by uh, quite a few um groups in this time period but it essentially starts with the stonemasons who were constructing the law faculty at the university of melbourne they they down their tools in the april of 1856 Mm -hmm. and march through the city demanding the eight hour day with Mm -hmm. no reduction in pay yeah radical yeah Mm. so pay is the same and we'll only work eight hours a day please yeah um and so they um as they're marching laborers from other sites including the parliament building join in yeah um and employers gave in. Yeah. Well, they um, and it was the first time mm. anywhere in the world. In go the Australia. World? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, we get the eight cool. hour work day. There you go. Hey, um, question. Yeah. Do you know much about stonemasons? Just in general? Uh, I know, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm like, well, I mean, I, I'm just like curious about it. You still see the buildings everywhere yeah, and the little so, symbols, but no one talks about it. Well, so stonemasons, like, um, like we were talking about earlier, mm. are part of like guilds, mm-hmm, right? So they're, mm-hmm. they're craft, they're, they're artisans who are highly skilled, yes. highly trained. Yes. Um, and a lot of, um, a lot of it is to do with, being able to craft the stone you're working with mm. to make it a, a good building materials yes. that it'll fit together yeah. and keep the building up. Yeah. Um, and so um, they get kind of intertwined with like Freemasonry. I, that was going to be my next question. Then, I'm like, this might be a really dumb blonde well, well, question. I mean, they're, not, they're not really <laughs> like the, the Freemasons come out of an idea of, hey, we should have a guild that's not really related to anything. <laughs> Right, just people <laughs> the, joining. The together. Freemasons was was like a, a guild for anyone who okay. is in power, okay. essentially. Okay, so that's is that more like the like, secret society? That's the secret that society one. Stonemasons are people who work stone. people who work stone. Yeah, and they're yeah. very highly skilled and they're yeah. really cool. Yeah. Actually, um, side note, our church um, was built out of um, Sydney sandstone mm. um, from an old cottage that was on the site. At the hey. time, right? So yep. they, they repurposed the stone and it's now like at the at the back of the church. Mm. Um and we recently renovated a bunch of stuff. We took down there was there was an old pulpit that was like huge and we're mm. like, we don't want that anymore, get rid of it. Mm. So we took it out, but that meant that the stonework didn't go all the way to the bottom of the floor ah. anymore. So we had to get a stonemason to hey. come in and like actually quarry stone. There you go. Like the um, days to of match. Your... Yeah, to match yeah. the thing. Cost yeah. a fortune because sure there aren't many stonemasons anymore. No. Um, and he did a really good job. I really like it. What do you think, D? Is It looks pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, of course it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go, stonemasons. Hey. They, they provide a good service <laughs> to society. Shout out to stonemasons like, well, like, everywhere. I like stone. Stone's cool. Stone is cool. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and so also they got us the eight-hour workday. So eight-hour eight-hour workday. Mm. So that's like, you know, yeah, landmark uh, yeah. in terms of uh, international working rights and yeah. international trade unions. Because um, what happens at this point in time too is that you get international trade unions yeah. coming up as a thing, and they pick up on this Australian idea of eight-hour workday. Yeah. Let's, Let's go all for that. Do it. Yeah. Uh, and they do. They push for it 
almost everywhere. Yeah. Um, and get it almost as well everywhere. They should. Yeah. As well. Um, I suppose one thing we should say at this point in time is that this is when unions become sort of inextricably linked with like communism. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, are we going to talk about the dirty C word? Sure. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, it's funny. I, it's, it's something that I feel like the people in power just call trade unions to, uh, you know, slander them. Like you're just a communist. It's like, well, no, we just want fair, yeah. fair working conditions. Yeah. It like, becomes, <laughs> it, it, it becomes linked because at this, like this is when communism as an idea is becoming a thing. Yep. So, um, especially in mainland continental Europe, mm. it's a I was going to say, yeah, the, the growth of like new ideas and enlightenment is also sort of closely linked to this movement as well. Um, like liberalism, yeah. democracy, yeah. like things like that. Yeah. 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 And so you find that, um, you know, yeah, especially in continental Europe, there is a lot of different ideas about governance, working conditions, mm. how you should live your life. Yeah. How much control the government should have over it's it's all it's 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 quite a melting pot going Mm. on in europe at Mm. the time and Mm. so all these ideas are kind of melding together and so it's it's an easy target to to throw in unionists with the communists yes and label it all as terrible yeah it's all terrible yeah um yeah which of course the people i feel like you know i mean am i going to sound like a communist now the people in power Want to keep their power. Exactly. Uh, and so you don't want unions getting too much power because no. they're going to ruin the things that you've got. Yeah. They're going to make me poorer. Yeah. Yeah. Or make me pay for things that I don't want to pay for. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to lose money. Yes. Even though they probably had plenty. Yes. Exactly. And um, so that's probably where, because yeah, like unions movements have, are not saying anything about like equal distribution of wealth and resources and things like that. They, it, It's about no, conditions mo- of work. Most, mostly it is about, I want to be safe in my workplace Yes, and I want to be paid Fairly what I'm worth. for the work I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, and, and for the most part. I don't want to be exploited. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, that is what unions have always been about. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you have the odd time where, like, um, <laughs> some unions a get a bit that. out of a bit out of hand. Maybe. <laughs> um, I'm sure if I if we had my mum on the podcast, oh, she yeah? would she'd tell you about some dodgy things unions have done in the past. Which you know, I don't think any organisation is beyond bad things. But no, looking generally, yeah, back on these these movements. They're, they're asking for good things mm. for every person. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, what I was surprised about when I was doing some research yeah. is how old the New South Wales Teachers Federation is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell me. I didn't. So, like, 1919. 1919? Yeah. Okay. And, but, like, also that's when they sort of all came, like, different little groups came together. Like, mm-hmm. in the late 1800s, there were unions that protected teachers rights yeah hang on (laughs) so the first annual conference of federation in 1919 had listed as part of its agenda wait for it this is brand new information Mm. inadequacy of teachers salaries understaffing of schools unwieldiness of classes insufficiency of accommodation conducting classes in sheds corridors and unsuitable rooms to the detriment of the health of the teachers and the pupils (laughs) <laughs> why hasn't anything changed <laughs> we're not in sheds 
We're in portables. <laughs> Look, it might as well be a shed, all right? Um, no, that's I not actually, true. I actually, exactly. I always used to love the portables because they have aircon. When I was, well, when I was a kid, yeah. so we're talking early 90s, <laughs> when I would have been in... Um, in a demountable, mm. uh, there were no air conditioners in the demountables well, no. and it would have been, I reckon, like 40, 40 odd degrees mm. in there on a summer mm. day. No good. Yes. Oh, sucked. the conditions have changed. They have aircon now. They have, they have aircon now. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It's not too bad. They're not too bad. Okay. But apart from teaching in sheds, that list. is <laughs> pretty much the same, isn't it? That's what we just um, had that strike over recently. It's the same that's a bit sad. <laughs> I suppose in in some people's defence, I guess things would have gone up and yes. then it happens again. And then My favourite thing there is the unwieldiness of classes. Unwieldiness of classes. <laughs> How unwieldy were these classes? I don't know. I, I thought kids in they 1919 were pretty good. They could have used the cane, they right? Them. <laughs> no phones. No yeah, phones. No phones. Oh. No phones. Teachers back then would just not survive today, hey? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> oh, now you got to teach boys and girls together as well. Wow. That's crazy. It is. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, well, um, that's quite funny. <laughs> that, is, that is very funny, actually. Um, okay. Well, uh, so, you know, the... the it keeps going, this, this idea of the union movement. Mm. I thought just quickly... Um, we would talk about, so, um, like it, it reaches kind of fever pitch before world war one in yep. terms of international trade unions and, and, yeah. and those types of movements and, yeah. and things are going like, th- it, it's looking like things are going to swing in the union's the favor like, around yeah. the world. Yeah. And then world war one happens. Yeah. Um, <gasps> I feel a conspiracy theory there. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a conspiracy theory attached to that? <laughs> uh, I mean, Maybe. Well, maybe, but, <laughs> but yeah. No. So um, a lot of workers were forced to give up rights that had been hard won like earlier in yeah. order to contribute to the, to the war, war effort. effort. Yeah. Which makes sense. Same with the um, women's suffrage movement. They, yes. Yeah, they suspended. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yep. same thing. Um, in order to work towards the war effort. Yeah, and so, yeah, World War I um, really puts a dent in economies around the world. Mm. Um, so after World War One, you know, most most places takes a little while to get back into the swing of things. Yes. Um, and just in time for world war two. Well, just in time for the great depression. (laughs) Oh yeah. Duh. (laughs) Good one, Siobhan. Uh, but, um, I was just thinking like, you know, in places like, um, like Germany, like Mm. things are only going to go from bad to worse there in terms of working conditions. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, you really feel for the Germans, don't you? Uh, yeah. When you like sort of put it in the in the bit grander scheme of like the, that fifty years, like yeah. you're just like not a great oh, not a great time for not them. Not a great is time it? to be a German, no. Uh, and so you know, other places things kind of get better again, and then Great Depression happens. Mm. Great Depression was a time in which you're not going to win much in terms of no. You're just happy to have a <laughs> union job. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone was happy to have a job at that point. Yeah. You'd work for anything. Um, yeah, and then of course World War Two. Yeah. Um, but post World War Two, um, things get better again. Um, yeah. And mostly, I think because the world economy, like, shifts Recovers. into high gear yeah. after World War Two. Yeah. yeah. Um, propelled mostly by, I guess, the United States and yeah. and um, and yeah. it's, it's pushing things forward there. And mm. and then, 
uh, yeah, unions come back. Yes. Um, and and we we end up getting much better conditions mm-hmm. and much better pay. Yeah. Um, in in lots and lots of places. Yeah. Um, they've waned a little bit. I think the power. Yeah. Um, power has been taken away. I'm not sure why. Do you, uh, do you know? So. Um, I know, let's just talk about the Australian context here because, um, I know the Australian context. Mm. I'm sure it's possibly a similar story in other countries around the world. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could send me an email. How did it come to this podcast at gmail.com and let me know about conditions in your, (laughs) in your country. Um, but I know that, so progressive liberal governments have in Australia decided that, um, the unions have too much power. Mm. So I know like in the, in the seventies and eighties, there was lots yeah. of, um, especially with like the, the maritime unions and the, the wharfies unions. Yeah. Um, lots of things happened there where the unions went on strike. Um, it, was, it got violent in terms of like the wharfies yeah. blocking things also, and, and stuff. For international listeners, yeah. uh, the liberal parties in Australia oh, yeah, tend right. to be the more conservative. Yes. There are two main ones. We've got Liberal Party and Labor. Uh, liberal tends to be the more conservative. Conservative party, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And for business mostly. Yes. Um, and so the yeah, so after that, um, a lot of people were like, these unions have too much power, you know, they don't need to be anymore. Mm. Like, like, you know, and so mm. uh, a lot of liberal governments after that start, um, shifting how um, law works around yeah. workers' rights. I know that during John Howard's tenure, yeah. they tried to bring in the work choices legislation. Yes. yes. Um, oh, wow. Which was, That's a flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Which was all about um, going from um, union um, – what's it called? Oh, now I can't remember what it's called. Compulsory. Um, no, no, no. What's, what's the, the group – Enterprise, enterprise bargaining. Okay. So enterprise bargaining is where you can bargain as a group of workers together mm, yeah. to get pay and stuff. They went from that and said, actually, you, you don't have to be um, like, you, you don't have to do an, an enterprise bargaining agreement. So you don't have to sign up to what the union has agreed with for you. For you, yeah. you could go to your employer and say, hey, um, you know, give me this mm. and, um, you know, and maybe like I can have some time off or something like, you know, yeah. and you can negotiate individually on yeah. an individual basis yeah. with your, with your Which employer. Is very shrewd, isn't it? Because the power of the unions comes from collective bargaining. So you're kind of like taking away, you know, the power through collectivism. Yeah. By saying, and so you can just as an individual, go and the way they it. were selling it. <laughs> yeah. The way they were selling it was you can get better things for yourself in your context. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, sounds all well and good. Sounds great. Until but... until the employer says, well, take this or leave it. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, you know, I always love to bring a female perspective to this little potty, but um, like women are less likely to advocate for themselves as well. So, you right. know, you can see more exploita- or exploitation, exploitation. Mm. of female workers. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just, just if I, like it's a gross generalisation, but like true. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and so I know that that didn't get up, work choices, Mm. There was a big campaign by the unions, funnily yeah. enough, yeah. Um, and, the, and the Labor Party saying, you know, it's how he, um, he lost the he lost that election, yeah, yeah, that election, right? So that went to Thanks, Kevin Rudd. Kevin, um, but since then, legislation has been changed, mm. uh, and it is like unions definitely do not have as much power no. as they did. And I know well, I mean, also, for instance, in New South Wales, the legislation surrounding uh, how you can collectively bargain. Mm. 
uh, has changed so that well, like, teachers um, lost the right to strike. It's illegal to strike. It is like, well, uh, you know, it's not illegal to strike. Okay, so I the strike. No, the strike that we did was illegal, right? Because the Fair Work Commission said it was illegal. Okay. Right. So um, you have to have. I, I, I didn't look it up. I should have looked it up. You have to have like legitimate <laughs> reasons to strike. Okay. Uh, and and what they said was. Um, and the Fair Work Commission decides whether or not. Yeah, it's the Fair Work. The Fair Work Commission said no. Um, you know, you're still negotiating. You can't strike while we're in negotiation. Right, while we're in negotiation. Gotcha. Technically, we've been in negotiation for like eighteen months. Or, yes, you know, I think therefore it's months. Th- thereabouts. We've been telling them exactly what we want for ages. Yeah. They came back to us and said, "We're not giving you." Had anything. an inquiry into everything. Yeah. Yep. I, like essentially, what what has happened with the the current teacher strike is that. Um, the government has been saying we're going to give you two and a half percent pay increase and nothing else. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, teachers have tried to say we would like a bigger increase. We mm. would like more hours to work on administrative duties, mm. and we need to short sort out the teacher shortage. Yep. Um, and after eighteen months, both sides have not budged yes. on either of those things. Yes. Um, so it's um. Yeah, uh, the, so the, yeah, the, the Fair Work Commission said your strike is illegal, essentially. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, it's, the, yeah, they decide whether it's illegal or not. Which is, yeah, fine, because like the Federation gets fined and they pay the fine and that's and what that's we it. pay our fees Although we've for taken and them, like that. we've <laughs> taken them to the High Court, I believe. Have we? Or the government took us to the High, took the, the Federation to the High Court. Uh, anyway, yeah. it's going to the, it's high, in the court. high Court. It's going to the High Court. Uh-huh. Um, whether or not it was whether or not it was actually illegal cool. to strike or not excellent uh, but um yeah so yeah so like uh, the government has been whittling away yeah, yeah unions ability to like i i don't know about other countries but i feel like in the uk it's definitely the same case like you mm-hmm. know in the late 80s and early 90s you had thatcher and like all mm-hmm. of the if i learned anything from billy elliot you know i learned yeah, <laughs> about, you know sure. um strikes and you learn about <laughs> the, male ballet a, dancers and yeah, uh, yeah 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 it was a really um unstable time a terrible sure. time for um minors in particular mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's probably um, a, tr- a, a global trend. Well, yeah, I know that in and in America, like post that first victory in Philadelphia, yeah. like there was lots of union movements before World War One in America. Mm. But since then, it's it's completely died out. Oh, um, and you hear about like, you know, uh, holidays and, and, and the sorts of things they have in America. It sounds awful. Um, yeah. What they have yeah. rights to over there. I know. Like, so there was, there was some, uh, it was only the other day that um, a group of Starbucks employees mm. in New York, I believe, mm-hmm. became the first Starbucks in America to vote to unionize. Wow. Okay. Um, it's happening. People. Crazy. It's happening. Um, well, I know that a lot of Amazon workers oh, really want to unionize, but then the, the company just keeps saying, no, you can't. Yeah. And it's kind of like, they can't even have toilet breaks. Yeah. Um, which is, which is amazing. Like they <laughs> won't even let them have the vote to unionize, yeah. um, which I don't know how the law works in the United yeah. States there, but that yeah. seems, that seems wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it's yeah. Like, but I mean, unionism as a movement was always about 
going against what the law says, right? So, like, if we go right it's, back to the early days. It's, so yeah, it's, uh, like, yeah, the unions are often fighting for like, a change yeah, in legislation yeah, so to, to make things you better. You do it despite the fact that, that the law says that you can't, and that's how yeah. it changes. Which I is, suppose, I mean, obviously easier said yeah. than done. And but. I suppose one of the things <laughs> that America is finding out now, uh, especially post-COVID, so there's been this... this um, the great resignation yeah. is what they're terming it. Yeah. And a lot of um, like fast food workers, yep. like minimum wage workers mm-hmm. are quitting. Good. And a lot of them, are like, so a lot of like millennials and stuff are doing yeah. it and they're yeah. doing it um, not only because their conditions suck, but they're doing it for the likes. They're doing yeah, it on the, yeah, on the yeah, TikTok yeah. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. like <laughs> there's, there's some great stories if you search for them of okay. people resigning in the most flamboyant ways possible. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're all, like, they're doing it because their conditions suck. And the yeah. minimum wage in America sucks in most yes. places. Yeah. Um, it's a state-by-state state minimum wage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, whereas in Australia, we've got the federal minimum federal. wage. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, um, and they tried to get a federal minimum wage. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on in America yeah. at the minute. And they're yeah. finding out that, like a, a, like, a lot of companies I've seen online saying things like, you know, oh, uh, you know, c- come come work for us. It's great. And then yeah. people are like, no. And then, like, they get mass walkouts yeah. in, like, some of these fast food and no one wants to work there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's because it's been the attitude for a long time, I feel, in America that, like, you know, oh, would you just, you know, you've got, you've chosen the crappy job, so sucked into you. Yeah. You don't need your pay increased or your conditions better because you chose to work in this crappy job and it's like well no no they didn't choose into these necessarily to work in those jobs you know like it's not people people deserve the 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 ability to do a good day's work and get paid paid properly for it yeah yeah (laughs) and that's what unions are all about that's what it's all about i do remember when like it became very clear that COVID was going to be, you know, a global, a mm-hmm. lasting global pandemic. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I did sort of, I said to the kids, I'm like, every pandemic leaves in its wake massive social change. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting what yeah, this what will be. This? And yeah. I, it, it'll be workplace, like flexibility of workplaces. Like mm, um, mm, as, lots at least, people working at least from one home. of them, people now want the flexibility to be able to work from home yeah. um, and, and lots of sort of things like that. So I think it's really going to change the dynamic of the workplace. Yeah. It's going to be one of the legacies of COVID. Yeah. Mm, mm. Interesting. Mm. All right. Well, that's, that's how, how it came, came to this. this. As always, you can catch us by email. How did it come to this podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at podcast. If you like the show, remember to leave us a review if you can. How Did It Come To This is written by Daniel Matters and Siobhan Doherty. Our producer is James Tuckwell, edited by Daniel Matters. Original music by Lachlan McWhirter. I'm trying to think when, because like I didn't, I couldn't find anything that was like. Yeah, it's early, the, all early 1800s. It's the first strike in Britain, because I figured that would be one of the first ones. Either, yeah. Either Britain or France, right? Surely. Yeah. <laughs> Although the French one just, like, they just tend to be political. <laughs> you know, they're like, they are workers yeah. doing it. But they'll strike over things that don't relate necessarily to... Yeah, that's not necessarily, like, better conditions that they're fighting for. It's, like, p- complete political Which, reform. By the way, <laughs> um, have you... you Actually, you wouldn't watch. So, um, old Top Gear is now yeah. the Grand Tour. Yeah, they okay. did a they did a French special, French Ooh. car special. Are we? And they, they were talking about the French striking... 
Oh yeah. Over, over Which anything. One? Anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anything. Um, and they they did a strike over car boots. Oh, did they? <laughs> um, and so and what they did was anytime someone got a car boot, yeah, they'd fill the locks with glue. Okay. So that. They had to cut they, the boot yeah, off and it yeah, was useless. Yeah. So it just cost the government heaps of so money. So much money, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they changed the speed limit somewhere and they, they did a massive strike about speed limits. Yep. And then they, they were forcing trucks to become greener. Like okay. they had like yeah, a, yeah. A, a carbon tax on yep. trucks or something. Yes, that's, and the that trucks, was a big one recently. the truckies stopped it. And then yep. they... they um, they burnt down like all the speed cameras yeah. and like they're really destructive. I was like, whoa, yeah. Um, but then so they they did this bit where they were having a race with all the French cars, yeah. And then <laughs> some, um, all the all the officials got out like French flags and they went on strike and so they had to pull over <laughs> while like they were burning down the the steward's desk and like <laughs> like <laughs> it was pretty funny when. When I was studying there, like there was a, a strike that lasted about six months and it was related to universities and I still don't know exactly like what it was why? about. Like, yeah, it was something about the wages that researchers were being paid or something. But it was interesting to watch how the strike escalated. Mm-hmm. So it kind of started with like stuff up everywhere, um, just sort of advertising it. Then in class, people would come in and like disrupt our classes. Oh. And, and like the professor would just be like, please stop, please go away, please st-. like couldn't do anything. Then like, you know, a week later we'd show up and there'd be just like chairs and tables stacked in front of the, the gates. So we actually physically couldn't get into the, the building. And then it was like full on. And, and then there were police there, like not stopping people from doing that, but also just making sure no one was getting hurt. And like for Australians, we were like, we'd just be arrested. Like if we did something like that, like physically blocked people's access to a university or a school or something, the cops would just come and be like, all right, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> they, were just, they were just standing there and being like, it's your right to strike but we don't want you to hurt anybody. And that was, that was that. And then we can go to uni for like six months. Wow. Yeah. My parents wanted me to come home and I was like, nah. (laughs) So just travel instead. (laughs) But like, yeah, it was, it was, it was bizarre. How funny. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's the French and they're striking. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Shall we? All right. Well, are you going to indulge me in a rant? Yeah, of course. All right. Okay. So completely unrelated to the topic today, but (laughs) Rosie the dog. Rosie the dog. Our special guest. Yeah. (laughs) So yesterday I was scrolling through Facebook as, Mm -hmm. as I do. And there was a person I went to school with who posted about the recent um, sort of activity in Brisbane that's around like anti-vax and freedom and and all of that. Sure. And I was like, okay, don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's entitled to their opinions. Sure. But next to it, they had posted um, a picture of Martin Luther King with a quote, like, the time is always right to do right. And I was like, oh, that's not okay. Uh, that was like my initial reaction. And then as I thought about it more, I was like, no, that's, that's really not okay to like co-opt the words of like one of the greatest civil rights leaders of our time. And that like, put it with this movement and therefore somehow kind of say that... Equate. Yeah, th- these are the same things, don't you think? Well, okay, so there's been a lot of false equivalency yeah. going on with the anti-vax movement yep. because a lot of the stuff I've seen too has been like um, with like mandates or whatever mm. and and people wearing the Star of David. 
Oh my god! And comparing it like as if it's we're living in Nazi Germany, yeah. and you know, like yeah, I'm like there's there's no doubt that what we're living through is hard. But sure. I'm like, is it? It's it's not anywhere near 400 years of slavery and then a further 150 or so years of systemic racism, inequality, and injustice. Yeah, you know, like, I think like check your privilege. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, well, because I, I also yourself. I feel like you know even if you want to make like so uh, you know I would. I think what we're going through, yes, is hard. Yeah. It's not even, I don't think, would be as hard as like, let's say we're in the middle of World War II. Mm, exactly. Right. And there's restrictions on all sorts of things. Everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you just it has you to make, go to, you, yeah, you the can't get food. You yeah. can't get like, you know, everything's yep. got to go to the war front. Yep. So, uh, you know, like you just got to live with that kind of stuff. And um, my I think my point is that like, you know, that – Everyone just had to suck that up mm. and deal with it. Yeah. Um, you know, you're fighting a greater evil. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you just got on with it and, and you united against, you know, and I think, World War II, and that, World you know, war, that, war is an existential threat. Yeah. And COVID is an existential threat. But people don't think that it is. No, but yeah. it is. Like, yeah. you know, COVID doesn't care. Yeah. Just like, you know, an army doesn't care necessarily. Yeah. Like, they're going to yeah. come and, it's, you know. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. So I guess like, you know, being forced to wear masks and stay at home for a few weeks is not the same as the civil rights movement. No. Just, yeah. yeah so no, it's not. Just, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely not. And I never thought that I would have to say that, but apparently I do. Like, yeah. you know, so next time you want to co-opt the words of one of the greatest leaders of the 20th century to add heft to your movement, maybe just educate yourself first. Mm. That's my rant. Cool. Over. <laughs> made me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> ah!